I'm Misty Winkler. You're listening to the Convivial Homeschool Audio Blog, Episode 73. Welcome to another season of Short But Maybe Focus Sessions to help you keep your head in the game as a homeschooling mom. Convivial is really another way of saying school A. It gets at the heart of what we want, a holistic education that reaches the soul as well as the brain, that brings peace rather than stress, and that directs our attention to what is true, good, and beautiful. This season, we'll spend more time learning what the ancients and early church fathers had to say about education, because we should be standing on the shoulders of these giants rather than making it up as we go along. So let's dig in. Christ leads us to virtue. And now, at long last, we enter the period of the early church fathers in the great tradition, classical readings on what it means to be an educated human being. Clement of Alexandria was one of the first to start writing out a defense of the traditional education in Greek philosophy, which he taught was even for Christians. He was not the last to do so, and I'm excited to delve into this era. Before he begins a defense of Greek philosophy, he starts with Christ. Christ the Educator. Clement of Alexandria opens with this thought. There are these three things in man, habit, deeds, and passions. Christ transforms all three angles when he becomes our educator. Habits, Clement says, are influenced by persuasion and can guide us to godliness. This sounds like Aristotle 2.0. Aristotle said habits lead us to virtue. Clement takes that to the next level. When Christ gets a hold of our habits, it's godliness and not only civic virtue that we grow in. Deeds, Clement develops, are influenced by counsel. We consider and then we choose our actions. Christ sends the counselor, and the word is also a counselor, so that we know what we ought to do. Passions, finally, are influenced by consolation. Here, too, Christ sends the Spirit, the Comforter, who transforms our passions. This threefold development is a progression Christ takes his pupils through. First, he persuades. This corresponds to a salvific heart change, which manifests as new life habits. Second, he educates. This is healing consolation, where our passions are conformed to his. Third, he teaches. This is guidance, through which we learn how to direct our paths and walk in the good works that he has prepared for us. Clement says that Christ is, quote, an educator who does not simply follow behind, but who leads the way, for his aim is to improve the soul, not just instruct it, to guide it to a life of virtue, and not merely one of knowledge. If that is Christ's aim in educating, in guiding and leading, shouldn't it also be ours? Education that aims at anything less than soul formation aims too low. Quote, Therefore, the word who leads us, his children, to salvation is unquestionably an educator of little ones. So Jesus is the master teacher who serves as a model for all educators. 
Clement is establishing the case that Christ is radically relevant to the conversation about education that has been happening since societies began forming. In the way that he educates, Christ teaches us how to educate and why. Quote, the material he educates us in is fear of God, for this fear instructs us in the service of God, educates to the knowledge of truth, and guides by a path leading straight up to heaven. In education, we should worship God, do all things for God, know Him through knowing truth, and all this happens on our path to heaven, not on side tangents. It is the point, the way we are to walk. Quote, the education that God gives is the imparting of the truth that will guide us correctly to the contemplation of God and a description of holy deeds that last forever. Yet another definition of education fully in line with so many others. Knowing truth plus conforming ourselves to truth equals wisdom. That's been said in a variety of ways by a variety of people, but it is the essence of a classical education. So then, why turn to pagan philosophy at all? Over the years, I've had conversations with several people who just can't seem to get beyond the term classical in education. What hath Athens to do with Jerusalem, they exclaim, generally with more words and less pithily. This is a question that has already been asked and answered, if we will listen and learn. Part of the spirit of classical education is respecting and seeking the knowledge and wisdom of the past. In these selections from Clement of Alexandria, I have learned that many of the education issues that we have today are not new at all. They are the same as those experienced for thousands of years. Is there a clean break and a new approach between pagan and Christian education? Between ancient and modern education? No, rather there is a sifting. Quoting Clement of Alexandria, Truth is one. Error has countless ways of going astray. Clement of Alexandria lived in the 3rd century and is one of the first to wrestle in writing with the question of the place of Greek philosophy in Christian education, and he has some pretty decent answers. God used Greek philosophy to prepare the world for Christ. Quote, so before the Lord's coming, philosophy was an essential guide to righteousness for the Greeks. At the present time, it is a useful guide toward reverence for God. For philosophy was to the Greek world what the law was to the Hebrews, a tutor escorting them to Christ. And to those who ask for a Hebrew rather than a classical education, I want to know, historically, which group more readily accepted Christ? Which preparation was most effective? The book of Romans has quite a bit to say about that. But Clement says, quote, God is responsible for all good things, of some like the blessings of the Old and New Covenants directly, of others like the riches of philosophy indirectly. Perhaps philosophy too was a direct gift of God to the Greeks before the Lord extended his appeal to the Greeks. Often, I believe, our understanding of the flow of history, 
of God's purpose and direction in history from the beginning until Christ returns gets in the way of our receiving the wisdom of the past. Will we learn from history? Or will we think that we are something special and detached, a new thing in a new people, unrelated to the ancient or medieval world? The classical tradition does not see itself as a new thing, but as a part of the stream of civilization that started in Greece, grew in the Middle Ages, has suffered much recently, but still exists, particularly if we educate our children in its gifts and blessings and warnings. It is a culture of a people who sought truth, of a people who met truth himself, of a people who tried, though messily and often wrongly, to make truth the basis of their state and kingdoms, and always of a people who wanted truth more than anything else. Quote, Anyone who brings every experience to bear on right action, taking models from Greeks and non-Greeks alike, is a highly skilled hunter of truth. Today, people want to reject the very existence of truth. Classical education values truth, seeks it, and changes lives based on it. Quote, so here I affirm that the expert is the one who brings everything to bear on truth. He culls whatever is useful from mathematics, the fine arts, literary studies, and of course philosophy, and protects the faith from all attacks. Appealing to several proverbs about seeking wisdom, Clement advises us not to prefer simple faith over educated faith. Faith first, but then comes learning. And for some, it is the learning that will open the doors to the answer of faith, because philosophy, learning, is a search for truth, and there is only one satisfying end point for such a search, true truth. Quote, Those who live by virtue emerge, not naturally, but by education, like doctors or pilots. Virtue takes practice. It takes cultivation of the natural but dormant and underdeveloped possibilities. God does not zap us with holiness, but gives us means and time. Education is one such means, and education comes to us from the Greeks. It's just a historical fact. Quote, we may not say that righteousness appears simply by divine dispensation. We need divine revelation and we need the discernment and wisdom to understand it. God reveals truth, but he does not zap us with instant holiness. In that, we must grow intentionally over time and through discernment and knowledge. Quote, but just as we say that it is possible to have faith without being literate, so we assert that it is not possible to understand the statements contained in the faith without study. We must learn how to question and refute in order to know true from false and learn to love the highest things, the art of dialectic, of reasoning and knowing. And that art was perfected by the Greeks. Quote, everything is illuminated when the true light rises. However, Clement is not offering a blanket acceptance of everything that comes from Greek learning. Quote, we do not regard philosophy as a sin qua non. No, we do not learn truth directly from the Greeks, but we do learn how to reason, how to think, and how to persuade effectively. Quote, Clarity contributes to the transmission of truth. Dialectic 
to escaping from the attacks of the heresies. Ultimately, however, quote, philosophy is a search for truth. So if we want truth, we want philosophy, a love of wisdom. Quote, the Savior's teaching is sufficient without additional help, for it is the power and wisdom of God. The addition of Greek philosophy does not add more power to the truth. It reduces the power of the sophist attack against it. It turns aside the treacherous assaults on truth and is rightly called the wall of defense for the vine. Truth following faith is as essential to life as is bread. Clement also argues that if we take the skills and arts of the Greeks, use them without crediting or acknowledging that we have inherited them from others, then we are robbers and liars. Instead of pretending that these are our own discoveries, we should take them with credit and gratitude. And now it's time for this season's Simple Sanity Saver, Math Tips. I am so glad that when my oldest was four or five, I had two real-life friends rave about Matthew C. Not only did they rave, but one of them sat me down and had me watch the lesson about adding nines. I was sold then and there. Perhaps part of the reason I like Matthew C. is that it is pretty much the opposite of Saxon, and I hated Saxon as a homeschooled student myself. Matthew C. has short lessons, focuses on mastery, and uses manipulatives to teach, even in 5th, 6th, 7th grade, making math concrete. Matthew C. also has no instruction in the student text. Instead, parent and student are supposed to view the DVD instruction together, and the teacher's manual gives suggestions for teaching the concept to the student, yet without being a script. I appreciate and value the mastery approach of Matthew C., and how they emphasize that the student should know the facts perfectly before moving on. However, if they don't use those facts, they lose them. And knowing the facts isn't the same as being able to do them quickly. So we add drill practice to our daily math routine, at least for the elementary-aged students. I use both extramath.org and Calculator. We've also added times tables chanting to morning time sometimes when those facts needed to be reviewed. No matter what program you're using, we as the homeschool mom need to be alert and wise in applying it and adding in supplements or taking a break or pausing to review based on what each child needs to make progress. When I see that a specific skill needs to be reviewed, then we take a break from the current lesson and go back to practicing the foundational skill that is causing the errors. Yes, sometimes that's even meant practicing numeral writing because the fours look like nines or the sixes look like zeros. This approach does require teacher awareness and involvement. Welcome to homeschooling. We signed up for this gig and we can do it. And that's it for this episode of the Convivial Homeschool Audio Blog. Are you interested in homeschooling with clarity, calm, and conviction? I know you are. I am too. So let's do it together. I've created a quick, heart-focused mini-workshop called Get a Grip and a Game Face. It's free, and it's the perfect way to start off your homeschool year. Head on over to simplyconvivial.com audio, click on Season 12, and access the free workshop. Remember, education begins with repentance. Repent 
Rejoice, repeat. Rejoice, repeat.